head into the theater and the usher nods me in. They know me here. I descend down the staircase behind the movie screen that only select people know about. The door at the bottom opens and I walk in. The sound of movie spoilers fill the air. The barkeep has my drink ready and motions me to the back. The rest of the crew are here already. This is my type of place and these are my type of people. Join me as we discuss the inner secrets of cinema. Have a seat in the spoiler room. Hello, my friends. Yes, here we are once again in the spoiler room. I have the lovely and talented diva of the spoiler room, Dawn, who is with us tonight. Hello, Dawn. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I am doing very well. Did some Pokemoning. I got uh, some shaved ice coffee from the Tech Lounge in downtown Stevens Point. Uh, shameless plug there because the place is great. And uh, <laughs> go visit if you are in Stevens Point. Check out Tech Lounge. Yes, great coffee. And you can play some video games too there. Uh, but tonight, we aren't talking about video games. We're talking more big monsters. We wa uh, talked about Godzilla. And uh, we were also talking last week uh, about a big monster as well in the uh cloverfield and now today well we've got the host yes korea came up with their own monster film and dawn did you want to give the synopsis of the host or would you want me to you know i was thinking about this and i was i was trying to decide how best to synopsize this yes and i i I'm not sure that there's, I mean, aside from, I, I don't know. It, it's, not, it's, there's a lot going on, but not all of it is relevant. No, you're absolutely right. It, it's a densely packed film while at the same time, not everything there pertains to the main plot, which basically the main plot is due to pollution in the river in, Seoul, Korea, in the Han River, because of all this pollution, suddenly a creature has formed over the span of like 10 years, I think it is, or uh, yeah, something like that. Like 10 years, this creature has grown and is now wreaking havoc in Seoul, Korea. And we follow a family who is impacted by the attack of this creature when he or she or it, whatever you want to call this creature ends up taking one of their family members, the young daughter of the family, and they think she might still be alive thanks to a phone call from her, but they have to find out where she is before the monster decides that, yep, I'm short on food and she's looking like uh, the main course. So that's, that's the story. We follow this family through Seoul, Korea, as they look for their daughter who's kidnapped by a big monster. Yeah. That's yeah, that's, that's pretty much what's yeah. going on. Uh, Don, but then there's so much more, but that's not inter integral to that main plot. There is so much more. Um, there's, I mean, there's stuff about family and uh, <laughs> and, and and like uh, like the original Godzilla movie. It's an eco. It's also kind of an eco disaster film. 
It's eco disaster film. They even have a few statements here about the government in it. It it definitely has elements of early Godzilla films. Uh, you know, having again, I, I apologize to everyone for bringing it up, but it was a major part of my life for a month. Uh, having watched them, uh, I could really see the influences in here. This is like Korea trying to make their own Godzilla film. Uh, in a way, would would you say that's maybe you know not saying be exactly like Godzilla, but still uh, very similar in many aspects. Uh, on in on a smaller scale, and yes, definitely. Yeah, the monster is definitely on a smaller scale, which is actually kind of cool to see because usually when you get a monster film like this, it gets bigger and bigger as the movie goes along. You know, due to some growth thing or whatnot. Uh, but in this case, no, it just it, it's just this really cool mutant creature. It really is. I oh, every time I, I, I love looking at this creature because every time I I try to look and and make my brain understand what it looks like, I notice something different about it. Yeah, like this time I noticed it actually has like a beak, like like mm -hmm. a bird beak almost. You know, and, and it's got multiple tails and arms. And, and this thing is really, I give their creature design mad props for coming up with a very original beastie. Um, because, again, you don't run into that quite so often with a lot of these monster films. Usually they try to have something familiar, at least a little bit, it seems like, in it. And this one... There isn't. I mean, you think you might have it figured out, but then you see something else. You're like, oh, no, wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's got this really nifty prehensile tail that it uses like a hand, but then it has half a dozen or more what look like fishtails that I at first thought were just little dangly arms, but they're fishtails. Mm-hmm. It's its mouth is is very beak like, but it's also kind of whale like, with the soft almost some of the uh, features of the mouth almost reminded me of the of the fins or whatever that come oh, down yeah. around um, uh, the creature from the Black Lagoon. His mouth. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it's then, very similar to that. Well, and it's sectional too, almost like Predator. Um, mm -hmm. it, yep. it, it's It opens up. Mm hmm like a flower yeah it's got a, a it's, wicked tongue i mean this thing's got so much going on with it it's a great design that your brain has a hard time wrapping around it's it's really fantastic and they don't skimp on showing it either which is awesome no for 2006 the cgi for this creature i will say watching it again for the show holds up fairly well i mean there's a few yeah. scenes of course but overall i'm like holy crap this actually is really good for 2006 um especially for korean uh, film you know which they don't have a huge budget that they can usually uh, uh put into these films so uh yeah it, it it blew me away how well it still stood up and also, what I find interesting about this creature, and I noticed even more this time around than the first time I watched it, was it's klutzy. Did you notice that? Yes. Yes, <laughs> I did. 
throughout the whole thing. Well, it's, it's, um, I'm not sure that it's supposed to be an on land kind of creature. It's, it's supposed to be, I was trying to think of it like maybe like a salamander or a, um, like a lungfish. Uh, yeah. Or a, um, tadpole. Tadpole. Yeah. It, it's definitely amphibious. So we know yeah. that much. And it really is a little more comfortable in the water than it is on land. Though I also dig the fact that we really, where films could have, and it really probably would have showed its age, shown underwater shots. We never go underwater with this thing. No, we don't. Which kind of surprised me in a good way because it does dive underwater. I mean, you see its shadow. Mm -hmm. but because in the opening, uh, we get kind of what has we figure has caused this in that here a military a u.s military base yes folks westerners uh the one guy who walking dead folks may uh recognize uh because i think scott he, wilson scott wilson uh is in here i do believe uh, playing uh, this uh guy who it, it tells his a helper is basically his assistant pour all this formaldehyde down the drain because the bottles are dusty that's apparently so here's the thing i that's apparently a real thing that happened is it really uh, he's a mortician yep he uh that uh they poured a bunch of formaldehyde into the han river that was a real thing that happened that inspired this movie no kidding. I didn't nope. I did not realize that. Uh, I was watching the commentary. <laughs> ah, okay. Sure. I didn't watch uh, the whole commentary. I got too absorbed in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, it, yeah. It tends to happen. Uh yeah, it, well that that's even makes it even cooler then because yeah, they pour a huge amount of formaldehyde down the tubes in the late 90s. And then we kind of follow as this creature is slowly noticed uh just subtly over the years until it's finally grown into this this kind of massive creature <laughs> um and so it's interesting how we open the the movie like that because we get this kind of jumping ahead in timeline to we get the guy who's gonna kill himself and i know folks it sounds bad i'm laughing but he he's like hey there's something in the water <laughs> And you see the big, big shadow of the creature underneath. And I'm just like, okay, so it's this type of film. Because, Don, did it surprise you that this is really, a, a, at least for the most part, a dark comedy in many aspects? It, it did surprise me a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, it, it did surprise me, especially because it did start out so dark. Yeah, I mean, the tonally, you know, some people might complain tonally. This film is all over the board. <laughs> yeah, although as soon as they introduce Gang Du, the um, main character, yeah. uh, the humor is, yeah. Yeah, the humor is, but different time. It was the early noughties. Plus, we are looking at a different culture, which if you watch a few other 
films as well, you can see where the humor definitely is different in other cultures than it is, uh, it, you know, in from maybe what you're used to seeing. And not only that, we're talking 13 years later when things have really changed in our culture. But uh-huh. uh, he's still he's a sympathetic character. He he is rather simple. And one of the interesting things I see is his family runs this food stand and how we find out about the relationship of all these family members, I thought was really interesting because we're not given everybody's role right away. I mean, did that throw you off Don, or did you kind of like how we kind of discover in the first act here as it kind of goes along wait no that's not an uncle that's the dad of the girl but they're not exactly talking to each other like dad and daughter i mean would how do you think they handled this with the introduction of all these different um, family members i liked it because mm-hmm. the, it was it was a very you you learn things you learn things as as they went and the the dynamic you get the dynamic between the characters and then the explanation rather than, and, and I kind of like that because it's a, like you said, a very non-traditional, a very non-traditional um, approach yeah. approach to it. But you could, I mean, you knew that it was the dad right away because when, you know, the, the introduction to the scene is uh, Gandu is asleep and then he, interesting, Gandu is asleep and then he hears somebody yell dad and he wakes up and he calls out her name, realizes it's not her and goes right back to sleep. Right. I mean, so you can tell that she is the number one thing on his mind, but you can also tell through all the interaction that he is very, he has issues. He he has challenges, yes. Yeah, <laughs> he, he uh, definitely has some challenges, um, and, and some people may take a little bit of how they approach this character. But he's sympathetic, and and, and actually, as the film goes along, he ends up becoming a, a hero of mm-hmm. the film. So you know, in that respect, it's a good thing um, for all well, the crap and- he goes through. And and I like that. And I jump. I'm jumping ahead a little bit. No, go ahead. But I I do like that they actually take the time to explain why he is the way he is. Yes, yes. They ex- they they talk about that and address that so that you know that this isn't. He's not just this way. There, there is a reason for yeah. why he is. Yeah, his because his younger siblings have nothing but disregard and contempt for him without understanding that um he gave up so much and and was effectively brain damaged from malnutrition in order to take care of everybody yeah yeah which (laughs) again you're watching this horror monster film and in the middle of it you get kind of this this element with these characters i mean to try yeah, social to, commentary, yep. You get social commentary not only about uh Soul's government, because we find out that um the brother 
and his friend went to university, but they were protesters as well. <laughs> uh -huh. We've got uh, the aunt of the of the girl who uh, was kidnapped. Uh, uh, um, she's a professional archery. Uh, you know, she's a, a she doesn't get a huge medals because she has uh, some slight hangups, but she competes professionally in archery. <laughs> you know, you've got the dad, the older elderly dad who's running the food stand. You get it's just there's so much just with this family. It, it and we we get it presented all enough as the film plays out, so you understand these characters. You know, we don't get too deep, but I don't think you need to with the no. family because you can tell that regardless of all their insults and such, you, you still have that family unit going on. They all still want to save uh, the little girl. Hunsail. Um, uh, Hunsail. Thank you. I've been trying to figure I'm like, I forgot it. And I was trying to pull it up. Thank you. Uh, Hunsail is the little girl. Uh and yeah, meanwhile, we get cut seeds because as we go along, we see how the city's dealing with the fact that this monster attack because they they make no it's not like a subtle like the monster grabs one person and then another and then finally comes out. I mean, in this first act, we see the monster in its full glory, full on attacking people on the riverfront. <laughs> Uh -huh. <laughs> I mean, they, not hiding itself at all. And and even this introductory scene with everything else that's going on, you get a bit of the um of the person that uh Gangdu actually is mm -hmm. because he's right in there going head to head with the monster. Yeah. He actually draws first blood. Yeah, he does draw first blood. He goes, uh, there's a a scene, the monster's wreaking havoc uh, across uh, the, the riverfront, and uh, Gangdo is trying to uh, rescue his daughter and try to get away from the creature, and we see the creature actually attacking more of the people on the river, and there's an American there who ends up saying, all right, he's going to fight it. He's going to take on the creature. And Gandu pulls up right next to him and goes, all right, let's do this. Uh -huh. <laughs> and these two take on the creature. And this is the first act, folks. They're taking on the creature. And yeah, Gandu actually grabs this uh, street sign with a concrete, you know, the concrete stopper on the bottom and smashes the tail of the creature. Oh, um, yep. You know, now granted, the creature gets a little payback because it ends up uh, swallowing his daughter, uh, which we find out later. It then regurgitates its uh, food for later, and she happened to survive the ordeal. Um, in which case, her perspective we mostly get told from the pit where all these bodies are being dropped. Uh -huh. uh, but yeah, Gondo. Uh, Gandu uh, tells you what type of guy he is. I mean, throughout, he's a guy willing to make sacrifices because later on he makes another sacrifice because uh, the military thinks or is giving out the story, which we find later is fake news, um, that there's an infection going on from contact with the creature, which we later find out, no, there isn't. And Gandu and his family are considered infected and they're going to go look for their daughter. And 
Gandu actually sacrifices himself uh, because their dad ends up getting killed by the creature. And um, he sacrifices himself to let his siblings escape, mm -hmm. basically. So uh, speaking of social commentary, I, I, I thought that was an interesting dynamic that even though it's the South Korean government and military that's somewhat in charge, it was actually the U.S. military and the U.S. <laughs> CDC making all these decisions. And, <sighs> oh, you know, we're, it's, it, it's a virus. We're telling you it's a virus. And then, wait, no, the big secret, the big secret reveal is there's really not a virus. There's no evidence of a virus. We think that we want there to be a virus. That's why we keep doing autopsies and experiments on people who've come into contact, but we've really found no evidence of a virus. And then there's this Agent Yellow, oh, which yes. destroys all biological... Um, yeah, material. Uh, material, yeah. So it's like, okay, is this just supposed to be a the u.s is uh ex the u.s and south korean government are using are doing chemical warfare trials because they can they're using the that was pretty heavy yeah they're using the creature as an experiment for their weapons mm -hmm. um which i picked up on you're right you got the other commentary where they're wanting to be a disease because if there's a disease they can keep control on these people and they can come up with an excuse to try out their agent yellow mm -hmm. um <laughs> and yeah so we've got this context in line in this film that's about a giant monster i mean <laughs> which like you know with all this other going with all of this going on and then at when this uh the guy, oh, what's his name? Hmm. Uh, the actor he was in, I'm gonna look this up. The actor that he played in, um, he played in a bunch of movies, but I'm specifically thinking um, Silence of the Lambs. The guy in the white uh, hazmat suit or biohazard oh, yeah, yeah, suit. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, what's his name? Paul Lazar. Yes. Um, when he comes in and they're talking to Gangdu, they're like, why didn't you contact the authorities, the military, the government? Why didn't you contact the media? I mean, it was harder for them to go black off of, you know, off the grid looking for Hanseo. Uh, Hanseo, um, but it was, it would have been so much easier to get help to get her. Right. And, and in fact, you've got his character uh, who's sitting there and going, why didn't you try the military? And you translator who's sitting there kind of putting words in Kandu's mouth uh, uh -huh. because I didn't get fucking help from anyone. And he's like, no, don't. That's not what I was saying. But um, yep. uh, he gives all this and you think, oh, maybe someone's actually going to believe him. But nope, the U.S. doctor goes, oh, yeah, he's completely delusional. We basically got to lobotomize him. Um, which backfired. Which 
backfired because <laughs> what they ended up doing was kind of waking up uh, Gondo a little bit, and he gets to kick some ass in the laboratory. Uh, <laughs> and it, it's great to see, uh, you know, this guy's just driven to find his daughter. And it, it it's, you're not quite sure. That's what I love about this movie is one minute you're sitting there sympathizing with him and it's got some heart and you're like, Oh man. And next minute it's got action going on next minute. We've got the creature barfing up bones. We get, a little girl who's actually being badass surviving in this pit, hiding from this creature. You get this family who's in district. I mean, this thing just does not just go from A to B to C. It, it covers a wide gambit of things uh -huh. in it. So it is literally a roller coaster ride of tone to where you're laughing one minute. You're, you're on the edge of your seat. You're next. You're, you're sitting there going, Oh my God. And then you're just like, wait, did they just say that? And then you're like, Oh man, that's heavy commentary. <laughs> yep. And yet it's not, I mean, there's a lot of commentary and there's a lot of things going on and yet it's not a horribly deep movie. All no. things considered. No, it's, it's not like these things are deeply explored, but they are brought up. They're there. In fine spirit of Godzilla films, which uh -huh. have done the exact same approach many times, whether it's the eco uh, storyline of pollution, whether it's a commentary on the government, you get a whole hell of a lot of that in Shin Godzilla. Holy crap about bureaucracy. Uh -huh. While it, they never go too deep into it, you still get the commentary. You know what the filmmaker is trying to say and, and what uh -huh. the writer is trying to say. Um, and the performance by everybody is great as well. Um, especially we've got to give props, serious props to the uh, young woman who plays Han Xiao, though, because wow, she, yeah, is, she did great. I mean, she from when she gets swallowed to the creature, she's in that pit and she's so cool. It's almost like you, you're like, I just want to watch her. <laughs> Well, and not, and not just that, a lot of that she's working with, she's working, she's got to be working with the green screen and that monster. That's got to be hard. Yeah, especially for a young actress. That is, yeah. that's got to be hard to be working uh, like that. Um, and again, you do get humor in here. You get actually the family who they think their daughter initially God. was eaten by the monster <laughs> and so we finally get scene. we get all the family together we get the alcoholic uncle who was a, a college grad we've get the the a lack of confidence professional archery person you know we get granddad who runs the booth the food stand and we've got a gangdo who is uh you know has some mental uh, challenges and they're all mourning which they got this memorial up really dang quick um of the people who were killed by the creature and this family out of everybody else goes so overboard in their expressing their grief to where at first you're like oh you're feeling bad and all of a sudden you start to chuckle a little and they get a little bit more ridiculous and pretty soon <laughs> You're and like, actually, the the rest of the mourners 
for what we are used to being somber yeah at a funeral like this i noticed that a lot of the mourners were very what we would consider over the top wailing keening but what they did was <laughs> nigh comical what the park family does is is yeah it's like yeah I mean, like, serious, like, rolling on the ground, yelling, knocking things over. Uh, just so emotional, this family is, to the point where the director does a fantastic job of first getting you in the moment and feeling bad because you think maybe the girl is dead, and you're like, oh, oh, man, and then, and then, they're they're throwing each other oh wow you know they finally got the family together and then by the end of it you're laughing because they're spinning on the ground and they're they need to be like pried away from one another and and by the end of it you you're smiling and you're like wait this was supposed to be a somber scene uh but you get a few other scenes like that in here uh you know with this uh, and yeah the storyline is interesting because we're introduced to this thieves characters in the second act and one of them and they end up meeting the monster and one of them ends up surviving in the pit and yeah. what do you think of that dynamic where suddenly this little boy who isn't too much younger than Hayun Seo but she suddenly becomes the protector and mom type I mean, this was an interesting dynamic between these two. So the little boy, Siju. Um, yeah, that was that was unexpected and, and nice. And also made me wonder, because it was all... It all the people who had died were all bigger. Right you know, fully grown adults. And then the two children are the ones that survived, which said something too about how the creature, uh, about their younger kids having, uh, I don't know, being smaller, not as affected by the creature or something. Well, I, I kind of took it as the creature, mute. Oh, excuse me. I, I took it as the creature was kind of mutated and, it's almost like they were too small for its mouth. Like it couldn't completely crush them because we saw it earlier too with her arm hanging out. Yeah. You know, it's like it can't where an adult dies because it cr gets crushed because they're big enough to fit in the mouth. But the kids seem to survive because it can't fully crush them. Yeah. That makes sense. Which it's not laid out folks we don't thank god we don't get heavy exposition on the monster completely and, and a full detail that no you piece these things together as you watch the monster behave like you know how it at one point has to purge itself of all the humans it's eaten earlier the bones it regurgitates the bones like an owl regurgitates its pellets except yeah. far more juicy far more juicy and a, <laughs> a lot more of it uh yeah <laughs> you know that, what came out of that was way bigger than that creature could have held in its body well yeah again <laughs> uh, 
it's yet another scene though where you go from kind of scary kind of horror okay oh you know it, because you get the first few bone you first get the skull out and you're like okay that's kind of creepy you know the girl's creeped out and then it spits out some more you're like okay and then it just is a stream of bones coming out that you're right there's no way it, that thing had all of that in its gullet. <laughs> and yeah. So, so by the end of it, you find yourself smiling because it, it's a bit ridiculous. But that's not how you started out in the scene. And there's so many moments like that in this film. Um, you know, it's... And it's, it was probably their way of... <sighs> you know how in some sometimes in American films, in order to keep it from in order to keep it an R rating instead of an X rating, they have to change the color of the blood to black or green or whatever, like um, Evil Dead or Kill mm -hmm. Bill. And so they change it just enough so that it's not too disturbing. I wonder if it was a situation like that where they realized how incredibly Uh, frightening just that one skull or even just a few uh, skeleton bits would or right. skeleton bits mm -hmm. would be that they had to push it over the top so it it broke that tension to the point of humor just and, to keep it from being x-rated and i could definitely see that uh because again it's not the first time that we have this happen in this film throughout the film it's peppered with scenes like this that start off serious or rather dark and by the end of them you're kind of smiling and chuckling a little because you're just like oh okay um and maybe that is it because of the ratings or uh, so that they could get this film into more theaters and not have the darker rating though it's got a third act that goes dark when we get involved with their final solution, uh, the, the U.S. and Korean uh, solution, though. It's mostly U.S., which, again, we have those influences from Godzilla where we have foreign powers deciding what should be done about the problem in the country rather than the people who live in the country getting a chance to say what's going on in their <laughs> country. Because, yep. uh, you know, Godzilla, we had that uh, where you, especially it was always big with the U.S. and Russia or the U.N. deciding, hey, we should use nukes to take out Godzilla. And Japan's like, um, we live here. <laughs> and they're like, no, yep. no, 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 no. And it's kind of the same way here. The U.S. CDC and the U.S. government and the Seoul government are deciding things while the civilians are like, uh, no. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, but, yeah, I got distracted from the little boy. The little boy was great, was, mm -hmm. was a great addition. Um, and the dynamic between the two was great. Um. And it just brought out more what a good actress that young lady was. Yeah, I mean, they were they were some really strong moments. She doesn't get a huge amount of screen time, but makes the most of it. And the scenes that she does do with uh, the young boy, uh, C. Joe, I think it was. Uh -huh. Yeah, because C. Jin was his brother who uh, did not make it. Um, uh -huh. And uh, C. Joe... 
uh, yeah, it's it was very touching, and you get this kind of very warm moment in this pit of death <laughs> that we have. Um, and and don't get me wrong, these kids are not just sitting around waiting for someone to save them. They come up with a way to try to uh, escape. Yep. By taking clothes from the dead people. Yes, these kids have no qualms about taking the clothes off the dead people to make a rope uh, and then tie it to a police baton because one of the cops uh, got eaten and, and regurgitated down there and use it as a grappling hook and try to get up it. I'm like, holy crap, these kids are resourceful. Yep. <laughs> you know, which is refreshing. Uh, un unfortunately, it endear endears you so much to on Seo, it just brings more emotional impact to the to the ending. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because as much as you have horror elements and comedy, you've got, you know, the brother, uh, the uncle, I should say, who is, he's the one that tracks down where she might actually be thanks to a cell phone buddy who then has the whole office turn on him <laughs> for reward money. Uh, you know, you've got him. You've got the archery ant, uh, and you got, you know, gang doe, all these three, they separate and they come together in the third act just in time for the agent yellow, uh, to be released, yep. to be released. And suddenly this film, which has some serious moments, but for the most part has been kind of, of a tongue in cheek bit of monster film with some dramatic moments and commentary it goes completely serious and dark and you're just like but just before we get to that point did you notice that the um i don't know i don't want to call it a riot but the, the but that that's what the police are in is riot gear the demonstrators were that at the location by the han river where they're yeah uh, going to release they're all wearing free um Gang do. Yeah, free park gang do uh, shirts. So while all this other stuff is going on, apparently uh, the media has gotten hold of, or somehow the public has gotten hold of what's going on with the park family. Right. Somehow, uh, and it's it's alluded to a bit because uh, when the grandpa and gangdo are captured by the cops uh, uh they are on their posters the posters of their wanted posters are actually updated with little stamps that say dead and captured uh, -huh. uh but being captured they suddenly get this cult following which the film is told from the perspective of one of the family members we never leave one of these family members were either always with Gang Do or uh, Hai Bong or Name Il or Nam Jo. We're, we're always with one of these characters. So as far as our perspective of what's going on in the outside world, we only get bits and pieces. And you're right. Suddenly you, get, you realize there's this whole movement that's pulling for the Park family and specifically Gang Do. And you're like, okay. <laughs> Where'd this come from? Uh, because they only give you little hints on it because the director and the story wants you to stay with this family because that at its core is who you're supposed to sympathize with. Uh -huh. and, 
and and stick with. These are the characters you're supposed to really like, and and it's heartbreaking when uh, when they die. <laughs> yeah, it is. Oh, so before we get to what happens with Hansel, yes, what was your opinion of uh, what was your thoughts on when Nam uh, was it no, Hai Bong that was the that was the dad, yeah. Um, what was your thoughts on how he met his end? It was surprising because it was a bit anticlimactic, he, yeah basically just gets run over by the creature his head hits the front of the creature and he well, lands not not just that he wasn't counting his ammunition so oh yes he, he clicked on empty he clicked on empty as well yeah wow he he clicks on empty and then the creature just runs bowls over him mm -hmm. and he dies uh from the head injury um, which you've been with this character who's rather, you know, you, you like, you, you like him quite a bit. And then this happens. You're just like, Oh, Oh, he's actually dead. He's not getting up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you kind of wait for that film, that movie moment going, okay, we followed this guy for a long, you know, we we've been following this character long since the, the first few minutes. He's going to get up. He's going to, he's, he's not getting up. Uh, definitely not. <laughs> definitely not getting up. This, this is not. Oh, he's actually dead. Well, and and that's the one thing that I kind of like about foreign cinema approach, and we do get it occasionally in the U.S. cinema, but it really comes out, I think, a little bit more in foreign cinema, especially Asian cinema. Is you get main characters that have been set up and you stuck with for a while, and they will just kill them. Oh yes, they will. You, you, you get main characters that you they they endear you endear you just enough so you don't want something bad to happen to them, and you're thinking kind of Hollywood style. Oh, these guys are gonna make it to the end, and no, they don't. Uh, <laughs> and not at all. And you're just like, oh, that type of movie. Okay, <laughs> you know. Um. Yeah, and you feel for the Park family and the, the, the shit that they end up going through. Um, and especially at the end when we get involved in the... Speaking of characters who end up dying, uh -huh. uh, we get the uh, Agent Yellow. And the monster ends up being at ground zero of Agent Yellow. Uh, so does the Park family. Who's left? Uh -huh. And then we get uh, a good chunk of movie where you're just, it's pulling at your heartstrings and you're just like, well, this got dark real quick. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. What'd you think about this ending? Would they, they drop agent yellow on, uh, on uh, the whole park family. I mean, after they've pulled her from the mouth of the beast. So I was, I didn't understand a lot of what was going on there because you have some people who were reacting very strongly to it. They're bleeding from the nose. They're bleeding from the ears. 
and the and they're unable to function but then the Fark park family is just in this and they're just going to town they're doing their thing you know this one with molotov cocktails that one with the bow and the third one with whatever they can find to stab this creature with um, you that is after the creature vomits or uh well, well, yeah, is incapacitated yeah. enough so that uh, Gangdu can uh, stick his head in its mouth, um, find that Hanseo was actually holding on to a tooth so she wouldn't be swallowed all the way, and pulls her back out. Yeah, and and we find a out clever Han girl to the end, clever girl. She is a clever girl. She held on the tooth to the end so they didn't get swallowed, and she by her holding the boy the way she did she ended up sacrificing herself for the little boy yes she did which again you kind of piece this together folks they don't lay out the way the creature works but if you pay attention what that's what's going on and in regards to what you mentioned on it's not specified but in all honesty I think part of the reason why the Park family was able to at least somewhat resist the Agent Yellow um, uh, side effects, because unfortunately, uh, the brother and sister die as well. Uh, I think one of them's affected by it, isn't he? The brother? I think he... A little um, bit, yeah. He's affected a little bit more by it. But in all honesty, I got that all the while everybody thought they were infected and affected by the creature and maybe they were but not in the way we thought maybe they were affected in the by the creature in a way of it made them a little more resistance to the agent yellow because the creature gets back up from the agent yellow after it is dumped on him uh -huh. a couple of times uh you know, and the Park family have been the ones who have been in closest contact with the creature the longest. Uh -huh. So maybe that's what they were going for. Yes, they are infected, but in a different way. Possibly given an immunity to it. Right. Given an immunity or at least reducing the effects of the agent yellow, depending on how long they've been with the creature. Because uh, out of them, Gang Do and you know Han Seo would have probably lived had she not been eaten. She True. probably would have Possibly. lived. Probably. I would, you know, most likely. Just the, like the little boy lived. Right. Whereas the the brother and sister had kind of the least exposure to the creature, and so they were affected more by the Agent Yellow. And again, I'm talking out of my ass. I I don't know. They, they don't I, explain just, it. That's the whole point is we're supposed to speculate. Right. They do not give you any explanation. You don't get any epilogue of a news report or something, you know, with Gung Do saying, oh, he was resistant to Agent Yellow. And what? You get none of that. You, you get a tiny bit of epilogue, but only to the point, uh, hopping to that very last scene there, only to the point where the news on the television that they're trying hard not to watch is saying, and the government has admitted that there was actually no virus at all. And then they turn off the TV and enjoy their dinner. Yes. And Gungo. That's, yep. 
and Seju, the last two surviving members who are at a food stand. They're the only ones on the shore of the river. It's winter. Yep. And so here's a here's a thing that I noticed that mm. I liked. That's a visible indicator of uh, the evolution of Gangdo's character throughout the whole thing. So at the beginning, he's obviously this unkempt, clumsy, lazy, slobbish fellow. With a, the only thing he gives a crap about is his daughter. Everybody right. else, it's hedonism. Um, by the end of the movie, he's got the he's still got the food stand. They're the only food stand holding out there at that at the in the park there. Yep. And he's clean. He's well dressed. He's organized. He's cooking food for this little boy. His hair is cut. It's not that half slobby, uh, grown out dye job that it was throughout the rest of the movie. He's actually, whatever happened to him throughout this whole thing has affected him so that he actually cares more about stuff in general yeah. yeah and it's almost as if the the very slight lobotomy that they gave him actually reversed as you mentioned earlier kind of reversed what had happened to him due to the malnutrition thing uh, yeah I, it, i'm pretty sure that lobotomies don't work that way but i'm willing to, to suspend my disbelief <laughs> for this in this film it kind of is a turnaround uh, of it you know, and we end up, yeah, at the end, seeing the person who Gangdo really would have turned out to be, and it, it was probably inside all along. Uh -huh. And it took him shoving a spear through the mouth of a gigantic mutant creature that has killed his family to do it. But <laughs> yep. I loved that scene. I loved that because the brother, we've got the brother who is reliving his protest days by throwing Molotovs at the creature who uh, he got help from a homeless man who poured gasoline on the creature who does not seem to be affected by the agent yellow. And he lights up the creature uh -huh. um, and it doesn't end well for him, but the creature's on fire and it's looking towards the water and it's great it's another section part of the great direction of this film in that you know what the creature is thinking but we don't get someone saying it's gonna run to the water to you know douse itself or whatnot uh -huh. it's we get the perspective of the creature and as it's running towards the water gongdo shows up with what happens to be this very similar if not the same because they're in this is all in the similar area but if not the same, very similar steel rod to what he had at the beginning of the film. Uh huh. Only this time he was smart enough to smash the concrete off of it and use it as a full-on spear. And, and driven by the grief of the loss of his daughter, he just stabs this thing cold-blooded, <laughs> keeping it from going into the river. And oh, it's an awesome scene. Um, you know, honestly, watching how that scene played out, 
I half expected the first time I saw this, I half expected it to be that he used his own body to um, kind of butt the spear up again. So I was expecting him to be impaled by that. And that didn't happen. I think we're supposed to, cause I had the exact same thought. You are not the only one I'm like, cause it had been a while since I watched this film actually since uh -huh. it first came out. And so they're panning down the rod after he, he, he basically immobilizes the creature by sh shoving it through its mouth into its brain pan. Um, and the way it's directed and the coloring and everything you're thinking, Oh crap. Did he have that up against his body and as it scared him, but no, it didn't. He just had the his palm of his hand against it. Yep. Uh, which shows you kind of the strength he has gained. It's really an interesting character arc that they take with Gang Do uh, with this film. And by the end, yes, you feel bad that his, his family has all passed on, especially the Hein uh, Seo character. But, you know, she did the ultimate sacrifice. And yeah, in the end, you get this kind of quiet ending to where you're like, well, I didn't expect kind of it to go that route, <laughs> you know, in a good way, though. I mean, this is film has a lot going on in it. And when I first watched it, I was I was very impressed. Because on the surface, you're like and you look at the cover, you're like, oh, the host, oh, another monster film. And uh -huh. then you get into it and dawn this is a dense film it is it is i i i liked it i mean i saw it first when it was on netflix and then i went out and bought it because i liked it so much mm -hmm. yeah i so go ahead. one thing that one thing that kills me i don't understand why it's called the host uh you know i'm not sure either I mean, oh, I'm sure there's a reason. There must be a reason. But I, I'm I'm wondering if it's just a it, it's a reference that we don't as and this is just saying difference in culture Western we aren't quite getting or it's a poor translation of the actual title, right? Or or it is actually a poor translation of the actual title. Um, because, uh, yes, especially you and I, having watched many an indie film on a festival circuit, uh -huh. suddenly that film gets retitled before it's released. And you look at it going, where the hell did they come up yep. with that title? It's, yep. it's like, really, that that is what you decided to call it? It's, uh, yeah. Oh, so, man. So on the whole, yeah, I think this film is impressive. Um, if you're a monster fan, don't let's, you know, you're, you're going to be kind of used to subtitles because <laughs> you've watched other monster films. So, uh, but yeah, I will. Okay. It, so here's the thing I'm going to admit about this movie. Go I, ahead. And I'm, I prefer subtitles. I don't mm -hmm. mind this movie with dub. Oh, really? I, I haven't watched the dubbed. I've only watched the subtitled version ever. Yeah, I um, really, I watched it with the dub. I don't mind it with the, with the English dub. So they got decent voice actors then for it. You're saying. Decent enough. Enough, yeah. <laughs> yeah, decent enough. I mean, it's uh, 
nine times out of 10, if it's an English dub, I will turn off the English dub and watch and, and just do the subtitles. This right. is one of those rare exceptions where I don't actually mind the English dub. Huh. Wow. I'll, I might have to check that out. Yeah. I usually always try the subtitle version. So, um, but let's put it this way. Uh, there's, I believe another Korean film that came out called dragon wars. Um, that film don't watch, watch this. one. <laughs> I haven't watched it. I'll I, avoid it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I heard things about Dragon Wars and then I, I watched it and I gave a, a poor review. I just couldn't quite get into it. I'm like, my brain should be enjoying this, but I just can't. Um, it's the one where I got someone commenting that I didn't know what the hell I was talking about with films or history because Korea absolutely had rockets back in such and such a time period. And really? I, I need to do my historical studies because that is historical fact and i look back at my review and i go i wasn't saying that korea didn't have rockets i was saying that they weren't riding the backs of baby dragons uh <laughs> who yeah. were launching rockets from them like you see in transformers <laughs> you <Yeah>. know <laughs> i'm like that's what i was saying There's... i was yeah yeah so I'm, I'm fairly certain they didn't have transformers either no no they didn't but Robots yeah in disguise yes dragon wars d wars um i don't yeah. i don't really watch that one watch the host though folks if you like just a solid fun interesting different monster film this is totally it i yes. mean uh, apparently weta designed the creature um, I, I love the design of this creature. I, I love watching it, how they had it. So it very fluidly, it kind of, when we're introduced to the creature, it's hanging like a teardrop from the bottom of the bridge. And that just right there tells you how fluid the creature moves, except when it's on land. Well, and, and then it's prehensile tail too. We see a number of different, times where it's living in the sewers and it's, it, it hangs out from under this bridge and that's where it hangs out a lot and it gets around under the bridge not by using its arms at all uh, well it uses its hands but it like swings itself uh -huh. you know like a pendulum uh, underneath the bridge and that's how it gets around and i thought that was so cool <laughs> like, yep it's like this is a monster where you just watch it and it you learn more about it. It just makes it even cooler. Yep. Um, even though it's the bad guy, it's still an awesome one of the probably most original modern monster designs I've seen um, yep. in quite some time. And it's really refreshing. And yeah, this is a film that uh it just it does its thing <laughs> and uh don't expect to be able to follow you can follow the story but think you expect how this film is going to go tonally how it's going to play out with plot wise you, you just roll with it because um it's it's so interesting um and unique and and it's it's great to see filmmakers out there still trying something different with the monster genre 
don't get me wrong. I love my big kaiju. Don't get me wrong. Love it. <laughs> I, I, I love my big beasties dearly, but it is also fun to see people just take risks and have it work out. And the host, I think that's what this film is. What, what about you, Don, your final thought with, with the host, would you say it, it was a monster film that kind of took a risk and, and just went for it? Oh, absolutely. I, I agree. People should see this movie. Um, yeah. English dub subtitles, however you want to watch it. It's, it's worth watching it. The risk paid off. Yeah, it, it did. And, uh, it, we are getting a few film American filmmakers who have taken are taking risks now with the horror films, but uh, let's face it, folks, especially if you're a horror fan, there's a whole lot of safe as, as uh, Derek would call it baby horror out there. <laughs> um, you know, safe, predictable, formulaic, um, not ready to take chances or if they do take chances they're too busy going look at how we're taking a chance yep <laughs> you know they're out there going look at look at we're extreme oh yep. uh, um, you know it, it's great to see that there are some filmmakers out there that are just telling a story and taking an original approach and yeah uh so you can tell folks we love this movie <laughs> I love yep. this movie. I don't I don't watch it enough, but every time I do watch it, it's such an enjoyable watch. Um so yeah, and I hope you folks find it enjoyable too. And we're gonna wrap it up for the night here. So uh thank you, Don, uh, for doing this and, and talking the host. It's been a lot of fun. And, and thank you for having me. You're welcome. And I know you haven't written uh, too much on it for quite some time, but you still have some great review stuff out there. So License to Chill, my friend. Where can they find those written reviews at? You can find things that I write at intheaudience.net. That's right. Some great written stuff there, folks. You need to check it out. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and it whet your appetite to go seek out and see the rest of the host that we haven't spoiled here in the spoiler room. And now I think we'll just say a good night, Dawn. Good night, Mark. Hey, all my friends out there looking for more spoiler room goodness? Then why don't you check out our brand new Patreon page, patreon.com slash specialmarkproductions, where you can get access to exclusive spoiler room episodes and a whole lot more. You can also find us on Facebook groups at SMPRD and on to Twitter at SpecialMarkPro. Let your voice be heard and let us know what you would like to see in the spoiler room, as well as just how we're doing in general. We appreciate your support and remember in the spoiler room, the conversation is fresh, but we do spoil the movies. <laughs> <laughs>